one other cool thing we did at the end there is I was looking around for uh, to replace all the pedals, uh, the clutch, the brake, throttle, and um, Mickey and I came up with this idea that we just die cut the Viking name into them. So if you see the picture of the, all the pedals, uh, those are all custom made too. Oh, and the mirrors on this thing we did as well. The mirrors are all custom made, uh, and, and I got all the, the original font um, yeah. from a, a gentleman down here who, who helped me find the original font because it's not a standard font by any stretch. And, yeah. and so he helped me with the sign light, the mud flaps. Everything's custom made on the truck with the exact Viking uh, font that they had. And we did the same on the, uh, the mirrors. Those mirrors light up at night, too, and say Viking cool. on them. Owner-operators across the country probably remember the LTL doubles and triples hauler Viking Freight before a buyout by FedEx folded the company under the FedEx Freight umbrella in the early part of this century. A special treat for you today in this edition of Overdrive Radio uh, with Steve Springer, a commercial real estate broker for the last couple of decades following work in trucking with about a decade hauling for Viking from the mid-1980s. Springer, that's S-P-R-E-N-G-E-R, Steve Springer's finally concluded what's been a decade, and then some, uh, on a long project and a full custom restoration of a 1983 single-drive axle Kenworth cab over, a former Viking freight truck he found in a yard in Northern California. Springer's headquartered way down in Orange County in the south part of the state. Enlisting the initial help of NorCal Kenworth to make sure the rig was roadworthy for a trip back to his home area in those years ago, Detail work commenced and took on a life of its own over time. The end result is a fitting tribute, he believes, to a company whose drivers took pride in what they did, as Steve sees it. What he was describing up top were the Viking logo treatments that were lit up at night, including the logo on the roof fairing, which he describes further. The cab overs always had the sign light. When, um, yeah. uh, when we switched over to all the uh, T600 anteaters, uh, they were just labeled up on the fairings because those fairings are so yeah. huge. They didn't; those didn't light up. But the sign lights on the cab overs worked, and, and most guys uh, loved having it because we had a lot of pride at Viking. We wanted to make sure. sure everybody knew we were we were number one, and they couldn't take it from us. So, in my talk with Springer, recorded last week, he detailed the years of work put into the rig with a few shops, ending up finally with Mickey Larson of Twins Custom Coaches. Here's Springer speaking to his work today in real estate by way of an introduction. Well, um, I've been a commercial real estate broker for the past 25 years. Uh, born and raised in the trucking industry, loved it, and still do. Um, I had an opportunity when I got into this business and got out of trucking uh, to spend a half a lot more family time and coaching my kids through all the sports they played and things of that nature. So right. that's why I made the, the shift, but I never lost my love for trucking. And... Um, and so that's what I do nowadays. I most of the business that I do, it's all industrial buildings. It's all I do, and uh, build a lot of truck terminals, truck yards, uh, warehouses um, throughout Southern California. So okay. it keeps me really dialed into the same business that I have always loved. I'm just on a different end of it now. How old were you when you got out of uh, out of driving um, trucking? Yeah, I was 32 at the time. I got my Class A license when I was 18, Mm -hmm. and I've retained it ever since then. I worked for Viking Freight System um, from the beginning of 85 until the end of 94, 
Uh, Viking um, was the biggest LTL carrier on the West Coast for many, many years, and a phenomenal company. Everybody that worked there, uh, even as big as we were, treated it like a family operation. And um, uh, FedEx had acquired them back in, I think it was 2003, and dovetailed it all under uh, with American Freightways on the East Coast under the FedEx Freight umbrella. Okay. So Viking Freight no longer exists um, since then. And I just happened to stumble across the tractor itself up in the Bay Area um, in Oakland. Oh, gosh, probably 12, 13 years ago. And uh, it's really easy to sp- spot a, uh, a Viking cab, uh, cab over. Uh, we used to have Air Ride, not Air Ride, I'm sorry, Air Start on it. And, you know, there's always a little air tank on the side and then the sign light above. And it's just super easy to tell that it was a Viking cab over. So I approached the owner on it and uh, acquired it had it up in the Bay Area for probably about three or four years. It was really difficult to do because my business keeps me busy, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day. And being that I'm, you know, 450 miles from where the truck actually was, <laughs> did most of it with um, all of it through uh, NorCal Kenworth, uh, but over the phone mostly. And my, my goal when I first bought it was just to make it look road ready. Uh, it was the, Its last use was in a moving van operations up there. And and they did some intermodal drayage with it. And it you know, it just it just looked like it, it needed a lot of work before I put it on the road, especially driving it back from the Bay Area to Southern California. You know, you've got to go through a few scale houses, and I just didn't want it to appear to be some ratty old truck. So long story short, had it up there for, I, I'd say, three or four years. Um, they got it in pretty good condition and uh, drove it back home. And I struggled for years trying to find a good restoration guy to work on for big rigs. You know, they're just not readily available, especially Southern California. It's mostly all cars. Uh, so just kind of tinkered with it myself here and there, but I was getting frustrated and, and spent a lot of time trying to find someone. Well, I got a hold of a motorhome uh, repair facility, does high-end stuff here in Orange County, and they recommended me to a gentleman by the name of Mickey Larson. Mickey Larson owns a company called Twins Custom Coaches with his brother, and their father has a lot of uh, input that he has into it as well. And he did a lot of the rigs that were featured in the Transformer movies. And Mickey's just a terrific guy. Uh, he had a facility in Pomona, which is here in, in Southern California, and took the truck to him. And, you know, it took a little bit of time for us to get together and figure out what we wanted to do. But long story short, uh, we, we took the cab off the frame, and I had them fiberglass the whole entire thing. So it's still got the original rivets because these cabs are all half aluminum and half fiberglass. Everything underneath it is still the same, but I wanted to fiberglass the whole entire thing. Uh, you know, my intent when I was restoring this thing was to make it look like a restoration, but really to to really trick it out, but yet keep the classic features of it. So um, that took quite some time. Uh, Mickey did some incredible uh, work to it. Uh, the paint job on it is just amazing, and, and a bunch of clear coats on it, and so on and so forth. And then after he got the paintwork done, um, he was he called me one day and said he's going to move to Boise, Idaho. Well, he's <laughs> okay. That doesn't help me, but at the same time, I wasn't going to pull the project from him because he's done such a great job. And he's such a great guy, and got to know him and his father really, really well. So um, I had bought another former Viking cab over that was in Pomona. Mickey actually found it for me in the weeds somewhere. Bought it. It's kind of a parts truck. 
um, yeah. loaded. So about a 53-foot United Van Lines former trailer, loaded everything up at my warehouse in Anaheim with my forklift and just loaded it all from the ground up, pushed everything in, and crates of chrome and you name it. And that 53-footer was packed with two Kenworth two axles and, uh, <laughs> and my cab, which was off the frame at the time. <laughs> And uh, had a buddy of mine take it up to Boise, Idaho, where it was there with Mickey for probably a couple of years. Um, they did some amazing work to this thing. Uh, as you can see in the pictures, it, it looks great, but the fabrication they did and all the secret kind of tricks that they did to it took quite a bit of time. So we were working on a video treatment employing some of the stills Steve Springer sent our way, but until then, you can catch a few detail views of the rig via the Channel 19 blog post that houses this podcast for September 22, 2020. Visit overdriveonline.com channel19 to find it. I drove up there uh, a couple of times, you know, to check on it, spend a day with them and make some tweaks. But, you know, for the most part, this truck was done uh, by uh, pictures and over the phone. Mickey and yeah. connected really well. I knew exactly what I wanted. And I've been around big rigs since I was a little kid and um, started learning to drive them around 13. So, you know, especially on cab overs, Kenworth cab overs, that's what my dad had in his fleet when I was growing up. That's what we did, and that's the product I ended up with and, and drove it back here in the uh, first week of June. I finally got it back and was able to drive it back home. It was really just a, um, a way of paying my gratitude towards Viking Freight System because we had thousands of employees. and. Uh, there's a website or a Facebook page that's set up for uh, uh, people that used to work for Viking. You know, a lot of people took a lot of pride in that company. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I was able to afford to do a project like this, and it was really just a, uh, a throwback in respect to, to Viking more than it is me going to shows and winning trophies because I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm not a showy guy, but right. at the same time, you know, I built model trucks when I was a kid, and I used to trick those things out, so... I kind of took this as, <laughs> as a full-scale, 125th-scale AMT model in my head and just you know, kept doing all these cool things to it that I wanted to. Like I said, for the most part, the truck was built to honor uh, the company that so many of us love so dearly. And, and there was a lot of us, when I, I had different tractors assigned to me, there was a lot of us who would, uh, we, we couldn't do a lot of things. We couldn't do anything like what I did, nor would anybody do that. But... You know, we'd all get, back then, they'd let us put the chrome rings on the rims and chrome covers over the, the, you know, the rear axle hub and little stuff like that. There was little things we could do, just basically keeping it clean, because they didn't allow uh, Alcoa rims. Everything we had was steel. My rims are all Alcoas, and they're all polished inside and out. So if you go underneath my front axle, they're polished just as shiny underneath which no one ever sees as they are on the outside. <laughs> and then yeah. on my duels, they're polished inside and out, both of them on each side. So no matter which way you look at this truck, every inch of it is polished out. I really just have the tractor. I'm going to get a set of doubles, um, too, because that's all we pulled was doubles and triples back in the day. I'll, yeah. I'll get a set of doubles put together here and put all the Viking graphics on it and trick the trailers out, too. But I just finally got this tractor back, so I'm just getting used to having it. And uh, yeah. it's really for former Vikings and people like that to come to my building in Anaheim and check it yeah. out. That's really what I did it more for than any shows or anything to that effect. You can find Steve Springer via his business website. That's SoCal Logistics Group. Website address is SoCal, uh, S-O-C-A-L hyphen, logistics, R-E dot com. 
And what about all the rest of those quote-unquote cool things he did to the 1983 Kenworth single-axle cab over? He detailed a lot of them for us. If I start from the rear and work forward, um, one of the things we did is uh, we extended the frame about 18 inches. Um, and the reason for that is I wanted to have quarter fenders on here and the tanks would be too close. And um, th this tractor is the original HD 4285. Um, that's why I numbered it as such. When we got to the 4300 series Kenworth, the frames were longer. So I wanted to extend this one to be the same specs as the 4300 series, although it's the okay. 4200 series. And that's more of a Viking thing. People would probably pick up more on that. Um, put in a 2010 uh, air ride suspension on it, all our stuff factory. You know, and we're a massive fleet, so everything was just standard uh, mm -hmm. leaf spring suspension. So put an air ride suspension on it. Um, on the frame, we extended off the rear, just kind of encapsulated it. As you can see on one of the rear photos, I put a Viking. Uh, we, we used to have these toy trucks, 153rd scale. And I put a set of triples in there, and it lights up at night. So that was kind of cool. Uh, moving up on the frame, we basically we did a lot of body work on the frame, filled in every hole that has no purpose. And the same kind of paint they have on the cab is also on the frame. It's a real high-end paint job. Um, so kind of looks like powder coat. That's how shiny. Uh, we also, one of the things I did is um, uh, you might see uh, in some of those pictures that there's a, a part of the frame. It actually comes up, and um, it conceals the battery box and all that stuff. And the cab tilt mechanism, usually they're hand crank. We did an electric one on this one and uh, kind of hid everything underneath the exhaust so you can't see where the button is to crank this thing, the cab up electronically did a dual exhaust, which is all handmade. Um, every, most everything on this truck's been fabricated and handmade by Mickey and his dad. So the exhaust is really, really high-end, um, and then the stanchions that it was built upon. We also did uh, dual air cleaners on here. Uh, from the factory spec, it was just um, an air cleaner and a uh, curve stack towards the street on the passenger side. I'm very symmetrical, so I wanted to have it so that I had dual exhaust, dual air cleaners. The air cleaner actually on the driver's side is um, is a dummy one. It's only there because it's symmetrical, but within the the body of that, um, the power steering pump reservoir's in there. So from yeah. the back of the cab, you don't see any of the power steering pump. You don't see any of the lines. So those are some of the tricks we did to kind of conceal a lot of stuff and just clean it up. Towards the back of the cab, uh, we did a lot of stuff there too. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, how we fiberglassed over the whole entire truck. On the back of the cab, there was a lot of framework that you could see, and we basically concealed that. Mickey made custom panels that concealed all the kind of the uh, the steel cab frame uh, framing on the back, so all that's been concealed. Yeah. Uh, underneath the cab, we did Linex uh, underneath the cab, so it's nice and clean, but I also, on the doghouse underneath, is all stainless steel. So when you're looking at it from behind, you can see the reflection of the motor underneath the doghouse. Yeah, you can, it's when you see it up close, you can see a lot of stuff more in detail, of course. But I wanted that doghouse to be really clean. I didn't want it to be all just rough fiberglass. Um, right. The other thing we did up on top of the cab where the sign light is, uh, that was completely changed out. We we kept the original one but fiberglassed over it and, and made it just as smooth on the back end of it, which is usually just rough fiberglass as we did on the front, plus... If you look at the back of it, there's a, a small cutout where it says Viking on it. So at night, that actually lights up in the Viking blue color. 
the front side of it is is uh, all been redone. Um, we did all the uh, the framing on top of the cab that used to hold onto the sign light was really just uh, L-channel steel with holes in it, kind of like you'd see on a garage door. You know, that's what the stuff came from with the factory. So we got rid of that. We did a custom tubular design. Um, all the wiring runs through it. You don't see any wires on this truck at all. Matter of fact, when typically on these old cabovers, the Kenworths, um, kind of near the uh, turn signals, there's usually a large uh, cable wire that comes out, wraps around the mirror bracket, and that's for the heated mirrors. Yeah. We did all custom uh, bracketry for the mirrors itself so that everything's concealed inside, including the CB cable and and so everything is, is all custom done on this thing every single thing yeah. you can imagine so it might look factory until you really get up close to it and you see that you know we completely rebuilt it uh i have the original uh cat 3406a um okay. before i brought it back from idaho i took it to a huge cat dealer up there and put it on the dyno it still produces uh 315 horsepower which is the factory spec um we we always ran nine speeds uh, Eaton nine-speed transmissions, um, and, and that's what the power source is on it. It, it, it yeah. caps out about 70 miles per hour, and, you know, for 876,000 miles, driving it back from Idaho, it, it ran pretty darn well. I wasn't passing anyone, per se, but I wasn't lagging behind either, so, right. so the, it, it, the engine runs really, really well. Another feature we did, Todd, on this tractor was because it's uh, it's a 1983 84 was the last year of the round headlights. I wanted everything to be kind of similar. That's my, the air horns around, which is uh, standard. Um, but all the tubular steel and all the things we did, like the mirrors and all that, I wanted it to be a little bit more reflective of it being tubular. So that way I don't have a lot of square stuff mixed in with round stuff and oval stuff. It kind of follows a theme that we did here. Uh, the, bu the bumper was custom made um, by Valley Chrome up in Fresno. Uh, you don't see any brackets on it because this is a basically a show truck, and a, you know I don't drive it too much, anyways. I, I got rid of the square cutouts, you know, usually put in for tow pins and and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So that that's a custom made bumper uh, that mounts from behind all the framing, so you really don't see any nuts or bolts on the front of it. It's just solid chrome all the way across. The grill is custom made. Uh, we took out the old condenser that normally you'd see on a Kenworth cab over for the air conditioning. Uh, it's tucked in behind there now, but we did some real custom work on the grill um, so that it, it just looks really, really clean and nice. And it's all mm -hmm. original parts, but, man, a lot of work in, went into those to clean those up. And they're anodized aluminum, so, you know, switching anodized aluminum over to chrome wasn't easy. But Mickey figured that out and got that done as well. Uh, so those are some of the features we did. The engine has a lot of chrome work on it. Um, a lot of uh, steel braided um, lines run throughout the truck, even on the cap pumps and everything else. We literally tore out every single bit of electrical and airlines on this thing. Everything on it is brand new. Uh, one of the reasons I did that, too, is it seems to me when I see people restore cars and they go up in smoke, it's usually because they don't take the time to replace all the you know, 30 and 40 and 50-year-old wiring. So we literally gutted my truck and, and from everything you can imagine was completely stripped off in all brand new airlines, electrical, which took a lot of time to do. And fortunately, I had yeah. a second uh, parts truck that we had. Mickey spent a lot of time climbing in the cab of that other one to you know make sure he had everything wired and set up on this one. We did that. Uh, inside the cab is really tricked out. 
Um, typically, these cabs are known for, you know, the, the uh, dashboards to crack. There are three different sections. I was able to source a guy in St. Louis who had a brand new one. Uh, very difficult to find parts for a Kenworth cab over from Kenworth or anybody for that matter. You said you were sourced a guy who had a brand new. Oh, one? he just uh, you know I I don't know he um he just bought it years ago and never oh, okay never did anything with it and I just like I, I thought man oh man and I mean I I think it only cost like nine hundred bucks I thought it was a deal of a lifetime because yeah. it's a pretty big setup there's three different pieces um, yeah. another thing we did on the interior is uh, tilt steering uh, put that. Okay. In. Uh, put in a brand new steering wheel. I have the original, which is a little bit bigger, and, and the one I prefer. Uh, but it was too difficult to to restore it. Those old bone ivory type wheels, when they crack, man, they they always crack. So, so replace that. That that's not original. That's about the only thing that's not. Um, right. We completely covered the interior um, with a, a blue leather type on uh, yeah. air ride seats in there. Um, we also added in. Uh, a custom console with my CB and the stereo above uh, that's all wood grain. Uh, the dash has all been wood grain. Uh, all the gauges are all original. I had them all um, done by a specialist here in L.A. Uh, who went through and took him about three months to do all the gauges and get everything working and fixing again and restored. And the interior is all, all new um, as well. On, on the back of the doghouse underneath the, uh, the rear, rear, win- rear window, the middle section uh, mm-hmm. we raise that section up that's usually just a flat area there just built in a um, kind of a three-door system there and then there's cup holders and then there's lights that go on it I mean Mickey thought of every single thing you could imagine on this truck just uh, yeah. he, he's really really creative and, and like I said we just did it together over the phone and and that's uh, kind of the genesis of how it all came out Big thanks here to Springer for his time, and stay tuned for that video I mentioned to OverdriveOnline.com. We'll be back Friday, September 25, the creek don't rise, with a bit of a preview of the hours of service changes implementation coming September 29, though I know a lot of you have heard about that and uh, pretty pretty well aware of it. Got a lot of resources at OverdriveOnline.com slash hours uh, if, if you're uh, wondering more about it, and uh, you know, until Friday, keep a pro out there.